0: Hey, welcome back to Falling Out. This is Season 3, Episode 6. You may have noticed that Season 3, Episode 5 came at a little different timing. That was a bit of a bonus episode. And as a result, what I promised in the next episode at the end of 4 didn't actually happen in 5 because 5 kind of came out of nowhere. So now we're at 6, which is what 5 was meant to be, if you catch my drift. Before I get to that, though, we need to talk about Japan, For people listening to the audio version, just so you know, what you're about to hear was recorded as a video, and it includes a screen share showing components of Mooney websites and listing names of people who are complicit in ways that Shinzo Abe is complicit in working with the Moonies. I think it still holds up in audio format, but just so you know... It was originally recorded in video, and just to save time, I'm only recording this once. That video will be made available to Patreon members, and will find its way onto YouTube or Twitter eventually as well. Just wanted to clarify that. Also, this is going to be a long-ass intro, because there's a lot of shit to talk about. And I got a lot of fucking names to drop of douchebags, fucking corrupt motherfuckers. And I'm dropping them all in this intro, so it's going to be fucking long. It's like 20 minutes ish before we get to the meat of this episode which is the conversation with tim porter so strap your asses in hold on to your butts and here goes back to the Abe talk we need to talk about Abe and the connections to the unification church multiple people have asked me if i could address that on this show so i'm gonna do that as best i can I want to state for the record that I'm recording this on Sunday, the 10th of July at 4.45 p.m. in London, and I'm going to try to stick to the facts as we know them right now. And by the way, for anyone who's new here, my name is Elgin Strait. I grew up in the Moonies, and I now run a podcast where I talk to other people who also grew up in the Moonies and expose the manipulation, abuse, and hypocrisy of the organization— And I think that's very relevant to what's happened in Japan. And I have to say, I can sympathize with the anger and rage of the killer, Tetsuya Yamagami. So for those who haven't heard, a few days ago, Shinzo Abe, the previous prime minister of Japan, was killed in broad daylight in Japan by someone who made a gun, a homemade gun, and Media reports subsequently came out and said that the motive of the killing was due to displeasure with Abe for his connections to a religious group. At that point, speculation abounded that it had something to do with the Unification Church and the Moonies. And that speculation continued, and it wasn't really clear, and it isn't really clear exactly what the deal is here, although it has now been confirmed that, yes, the religious group in question is the Unification Church, The mainline unification church has issued a sort of standard thoughts and prayers. Fucking bullshit, by the way. If you're ever saying thoughts and prayers, you know you're the bad guy. 100 fucking percent. never, never, never a time when the bad guy hasn't been the one who's saying that shit. Anyway, the mainline unification church issued a sort of standard thoughts and prayers response. Didn't mention anything about the reasoning behind it. And then Sanctuary Church, the splinter group run by Sean Moon, who coincidentally or completely not coincidentally is in Japan right now trying to rally support and maybe trying to take over the mainline unification church, although it's not really clear, but he's in Japan right now. They have issued a statement saying that the killer of Abe was not part of Sanctuary Church, meaning that he would have been part of the mainline church. The news reports also say that his mother was recruited into the cult after he was born. So he wasn't born into it. And the story line goes something like, unfortunately, this guy's dad, I think, passed away when he was a kid, leaving his mother a widow. And at some point when he was a kid, his mother was somehow approached and coerced into joining the Unification Church. So this kid, for those who've been listening to the show, was what the Unification Church would call a so-called Jacob's child, someone who doesn't have the pure-blood lineage that someone who was born directly into the church would have. And that comes with its whole post of difficulties associated with it. And we talk about that extensively on my show. But the real thing here is the the exploitation, I think, the financial exploitation. This is what I think the world needs to wrap its head around because none of this is going to make sense unless you understand this. And it's something that we talk about on my show. We haven't really explored the Japan angle in full. That's something I would love to do at some point. But fundamentally, the Unification Church... God, where do I even fucking begin? Okay, so you don't even think of it as a church. This is the rule you're starting from the get-go, you're you're completely fucking misunderstanding it because it's not a church. So to really understand what's going on here, there's there's a few key components. Number one is the structure of the organization, which is this is not a religion. This is a constellation of front groups that serve to funnel money and power ...to the Moon family and hide under the protections that religions enjoy. That's the first thing to understand. The second thing to understand is how this fucking Kraken operates. Here's how it fucking works. They exploit their members tremendously financially. And what that looks like is a multitude of different layers of pressure placed on members... To contribute financially. For us in the West, I grew up in the U.S., our parents were expected to give 10% of their pre-tax income to the Unification Church. In Japan, as far as I understand, it's 30% of your pre-tax income every month is meant to go to this organization. That's just a fucking start, okay? But then every fucking month, they are asking for more money to build this building for this fucking providence. This sort of... Every... All the fucking time they're asking for more fucking money. And then on top of that, they do effectively modern-day indulgences. So the theology of the church is that you as a living, breathing human being bear the responsibility for the sins of your ancestors, and it's your responsibility to so-called liberate them from their, their sinfulness in the spirit world. And the way you do that, surprise, surprise, is by paying the Unification Church money per – generation of ancestors and guess what that well never runs dry (laughs) they can always come back and be like hey you did a hundred now it's time for the next hundred generations and that's just one of many ways of pure financial exploitation that unfortunately members are coerced into and the unification church has a history of exploiting japanese members worse than members in other countries for a variety of reasons that I won't go into now, but fundamentally, it's a massively, massively exploitative organization. And here's what happens with the money: some of it goes back to the Moon family so they can have gold, fucking gold-plated toilets and snort, you know, cocaine every fucking minute of minute of the day through their nose or whatever st- dumb, stupid shit they want to do. That's what part of it does. But then part of it goes to the front groups, and the front groups recruit high. Caliber heavy hitters to come and speak at their events, they pay them speaking fee, they pay them that money. that's so where the money comes from this coercion, and it goes into the hands of people like Shinzo Abe, who speak at mooney events, just some kind of glowing, innocuous hey like world peace type of shit, nothing, nothing really substantial. They fly to these places on the Moonies' dime, which was taken from these coerced people. They're paid speaking fees to be there. And then what the Moonies do is they say, hey, look, Shinzo Abe spoke at our event. Look, the politicians of the world, they're all bowing down to us. They believe in our providence. They, they believe that Reverend Moon is the Messiah. So the presence of these people is used to further the cycle of abuse. So all these people have committed two great sins, in my view. Number one, they've taken human trafficked money, more or less. Number two, they're furthering the cycle of shackling people into this because their mere presence at these organizations is presented as proof that God is working through the organization. So imagine being this guy Tetsuya. You, you know, you're living a kind of normal life, probably still pretty hard, since your dad died and then all of a sudden your mother is approached by this organization you get pulled into it where you're looked at as as effectively a a second class citizen because you don't have the pure blood that some of the other kids around you theoretically have and second of all you see and this is what the what they're reporting in the papers over there they're 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 saying that it was his anger was driven by the financial exploitation of his mother and guess what I fucking believe that and that hits fucking hard. So this guy came out of a kind of normal life and then he saw his mother financially ruined, bankrupt. Bankrupt by this predatory cult. That's what happened to this guy's mother and to his family, and to his life. And I can kind of, I can empathize with the anger quite honestly. And that that anger is what's driving me to do this podcast. I'm not condoning violence, but I am saying that I understand that anger and here's here's why Abe is is not an unreasonable target of that anger. Here's why. It's because the places where one might go to report a predatory organization like the Unification Church, think about where you might go to report that. You might go to your local minister of parliament, you might hope that someone high up in the government might be willing to help you with that. You might think, hey, maybe I'll talk to someone in the media and maybe they'll be able to help me help me with that and expose some of this bullshit. Well, guess what? The Moonies have intentionally embedded themselves in politics and the media. And I'm going to show you a little bit of what that looks like right now. This is the website of the Universal Peace Federation, one of many Moonie Front Groups. And here we have, plain as day, the video of Shinzo Abe, this is from 2021, Shinzo Abe speaking at one of these events, and I'm just going to read the beginnings of this so you kind of understand where this is going. Good morning, I am Shinzo Abe, former Prime Minister of Japan. It is an honor for me to speak together with my good friend, former U.S. President Donald Trump at this Rally of Hope, hosted by UPF, Universal Peace Federation, in the presence of Heads of state, parliamentarians, and religious leaders from 150 countries addressing today's problems and engaging in dialogue on how to create a better world. Skipping the sentence here, but then I would just want to say, today, this is this is Abe, today in honoring Dr. Hak-Johan Moon and all of you, I would like to express my profound thanks for your tireless efforts through UPF in resolving disputes in the world, especially in relation to the peaceful reunification of the Korean Peninsula. So the prime minister, former prime minister, is honoring the leader the exploitative group that ruined this man's life, that bankrupt his family. I can see where the anger would come from. I'm going to dive a little deeper into this website. So if we go a little further, this page outlines just some of the speakers that were at one of these events. And this is going to give you a sense of who attends these fucking things. Cambodian Prime Minister Samdek Hun Sen, His Excellency Ban Ki-moon, former Secretary General of the United Nations, Nigerian President Mohamedou Buhari, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, former Prime Minister Donald Trump, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, His Excellency Jose Manuel Barroso, European Commission President and current Chairman at Goldman Sachs, U.S. Vice President Mike Pence, His Excellency Federico Franco, President of Paraguay, Pastor Paulo White Kane, spiritual advisor to Mr. Trump. His Excellency Jimmy Morales, Guatemala President, Gloria Arroyo, Philippines President, Jim Rogers, the famous investor. I was shocked when I saw this. Jim Rogers, the famous investor, was there. Other February 13 speakers include included the Honorable Richard Cheney, U.S. Vice President, so Dick Cheney, yes, that Dick Cheney, Dan Quayle. The Right Honorable Stephen Harper, the Canadian Prime Minister for, 20, for 2006 to 2015. Mahinda Rajapaksa, Sri Lankan Prime Minister. Deve Gowda, India Prime Minister till ninety seven, Her Excellency or His Excellency Mithrapalas Sirisena, Sri, Sri Lanka President. Michelle Tamer, Brazilian President until 2018. Anthony Carmona, Trinidad and Tobago President. Lenny Robredo, Philippines Vice President. Madame Adi Nkonaila Tikau, First Lady of Fiji, 2009 to 2015. H.E. K.P. Sharma Oli, Nepali Prime Minister, 15 to 16 and 18 to 21. H.E. Syed Yusuf Raza Gilani, Pakistani Prime Minister, 08 to 12. Zazana Guzmo, East Timor President. Maki Sal, Senegal President. Carlos Villanova, Sao Tome and Principe President. H.E. George Weah, Liberia President. H.E. Goodluck Jonathan, Nigerian President. 2010 to 2015. H.E. Adolfo Diao, Burkina Faso Prime Minister. 12, 2014. H.E. Paul Mba, Gabon Prime Minister. 20, 2009 to 2012. H.E. Albin Kurti, Kosovo Prime Minister. Ilir Meta Albania president Romano Prodi Italian prime minister till 08 and European Commission president till 04 HE Dominic De Villepin France prime minister HE Maria Aznar Spain prime minister from 96 to 2004 and that's not even everyone that's not even everyone can i just fucking punctuate this with that's not even everyone and everyone whose name i just wrote They're fucking in on this. They take money. They know where the money comes from. They know it comes from this cult, and they speak at these events, and their presence is used to further that cycle of abuse. And I'm not even fucking done yet. This was one goddamn event in the beginning of 2022 that Abe happened to be at. Let's dig a little deeper into this website, shall we? Okay, I'm going to scroll up here. Let's go to the primary associations associated with this website, Okay, let's look at this. Parliamentarians for Peace, IAPP. Parliament blah blah blah, a little bit of a little bit of verbiage. Okay, let's look here. Think tank, think tank 2022 forum executive summary. Let's see who was here. Who do you think? Who do you think? Okay, these two folks work for the org. This one I thought was quite interesting. The honorable Yoshiaki Harada, a member of Japan's parliament a sitting member of parliament speaking at one of these front group events. The Honorable Glynn Ford from the United Kingdom, a former member of the European Parliament. Dr. Yevgeny Kim, a leading researcher at the Center for Korean Studies. The Honorable Nina Novakova, member of the parliament in the Czech Republic. Reverend Dr. William A. McComish, Dean Emeritus of St. Peter's Cathedral in Geneva, Switzerland. A few others. This woman works for Youth for Peace, which is a Mooney front group. Nikolai Kizumov from Russia, the director of the Great Nation Spiritual and Moral Center. Leila Hasande Akdapo from Turkey, a psychologist and psychotherapist. The venerable Dr. Michel Talchan from France, the president of Circle de Reflection de Nations. I don't really know what that is. Oh, here's one. Ambassador Christopher Hill from the United States, a professor of international relations at Columbia University and former U.S. ambassador to the Republic of Korea. Oh, and here's this guy again. The Right Honorable Stephen Harper, Prime Minister of Canada, 20, 2006 to 2015. Then we go on. Oh, these fuckers. H.E. Kiel Magne Bondovic, the Prime Minister of Norway, ninety seven to 2000 and 2001 to 2005. H.E. Anthony Carmona, the president of Trinidad and Tobago. Doug Bando from the United States, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. The Honorable Salvador Nasralla, the vice president of Honduras. Dr. Nicholas Swanström from Sweden, the executive director of the Institute for Security and Development Planning. Jesus fucking Christ, this list just goes fucking on and on and on. I can't even. Dr. Yulia Karlamova, an associate professor at the Russian University of Transport. So here's the academic component coming in. I can't even fucking, like, I'm just, this list just fucking keeps going. Dr. Colette Mazzuchelli from the United States, an adjunct associate professor at New York University, specializing in conflict resolution, radicalization, and religion. H.E. L.C. Christofia, the first lady of Cyprus. Professor Anna Grichting from Switzerland, a professor of architecture and landscape urbanism. God. Dr. Hung Park, a professor and the vice president of the UN Association of the Republic of Korea. Dr. Raghavan Sitharaman, the CEO of Doha Bank, a global investment bank that is active in India, China, and Europe. Wow. Just skimming through here. I, I don't even know where to begin. Oh, and then we scroll down here. Okay. This page sort of amalgamates... A few different pieces of the front group puzzle. What you'll see here, okay, this is the International Media Association for Peace. So here's the thing. The politicians are fucking in on this corrupt game. Well, guess what? Who else are you gonna turn to? The, the, the media? Well, you're, you might struggle because a lot of them are tainted by this bullshit too. They're taking that money and they're speaking at these fucking events too. Here we go. And it's because it has this innocuous name, International Media Association for Peace. These people get these invites to this conferences. they attend. Maybe they don't even know what's happening until they get there. But after they, they've attended, guess what? Their name's already on the list. They're tainted. And the odds of them speaking out against what's happened to them is deteriorated massively. And are they going to be writing articles about the exploitation? Nope, they're going to keep their fucking mouth shut. Here are some of the people that fall into that category. Rita Payne, former Asia editor for BBC World News. Young Jin Oh, the president and publisher of the Korean Times. Dr. Felix Petrovic Kim from Russia, head of the Board of Trustees of the Russian Information Service, known as Korean Radio. Chad O'Carroll from the UK, the chief executive officer of the Seoul-based News and Information Service, Korea Risk Group, NK News. Ambassador Warwick Morris, former ambassador of the United Kingdom to South Korea. All these fucking people. Then there's another front group, International Association of Arts, Arts and Culture for Peace, IAACP. It fucking keeps going. It goes on and on and on and on and on. This was one fucking event of thousands that they have hosted. I want to reiterate again, every single name that I have just mentioned is just as guilty as Shinzo Abe of lending credence to the movie organization with their presence and of, at a minimum, accepting travel and entertainment expenses from them to appear at these events, and quite probably accepting speaking fees to attend these events. And a lot of the people attend more than one. So I say again, if you're Tetsuya, your mother has been coerced into joining this group, What do you do? What do you turn? You're angry. I'm fucking angry too. Again, I'm not going to be shooting guns, but I am shooting fucking words here. I'm angry as fuck. And everyone on my show is angry as fuck about the fact that all of the institutions that should be protecting people from this exploitative, predatory cult are in fact corrupted by the cult. So where do you go? Where do you turn to? What do you do then? I don't support the violence, but I understand the anger. I understand the anger that was directed towards Abe, and I'm hopeful that this show and the work that others are doing to expose this fucking horrific organization might might help to bring it down in ways that don't involve violence. Hey, okay, I'm back just for a second here. The reason being I'm now recording this more than twenty-four hours later. It's now nearly nine PM In London on Monday, the 11th of July, and a few things have occurred. Number one, there was a press conference held today by the Unification Church during which their leader, this is from the Japan Times article today, Tomihiro Tanaka, head of the Japan branch of the Unification Church, told a televised news conference Monday that the group was aware of the mother's bankruptcy but denied forcing her to continue donations. Yeah, they deny forcing they're ignoring the fact that the coercion is extreme. They've convinced people that if they don't give the money that the church asks for, then they're going to burn in hell and their ancestors are going to spit at them and piss at them and shit on them. Literally, this is the fucking things that they tell their their church members. That's what's going to happen to them when they go to the spirit world. So they're coerced. They're coerced from the beginning of their membership journey into thinking that In order for them to go to heaven, they need to pay the church whatever it tells them to pay. And these fuckers have the gall to say that they're not forcing this shit. They are forcing the fuck out of it. These lying fucking motherfuckers. So yeah, that happened today. It also states that, this is from the article, As for Abe's ties to the group, Tanaka said the late former prime minister had been close to a, quote, friendship group, unquote, which he differentiated from the organization itself, but said he was never a member or advisor to the Family Federation for World Peace and Unification. Here we go. This is more evidence of the many-headed hydra, the hall of mirrors that this organization hides under. Tanaka continues, this is my speculation, but I think Yamagami, the killer, didn't distinguish between our group and the friendship group. He thought that because the founders were the same, everything was looks the same. His group and the related groups, Tanaka added, have separate purposes and visions. If he understood that, he wouldn't have seen them as connected to us, he said. No. Yamagami was right. Absolutely, they're all connected. They all funnel money and power right back up to Moon and his family. Yamagami's interpretation of this was spot on. And his anger was not unwarranted. And the Unification Church, I'm going to guess, is going to continue to lie through their teeth about this shit. A couple other notes here. I want to say that there are many, many, many more ties between Abe and Japanese politics in general and the Unification Church. I haven't covered all of them here because I wanted to talk about the overarching structures and how they're connected and how this goes beyond Abe. But there's a lot more connections that Abe has to the Unification Church and other people have done great work Reporting on that, the final thing is when I look back at that the previous part of this video that I recorded yesterday, for the second half of it, I the video on the screen share was centered around this woman who was a minister, like a prime minister or a some sort of civil servant or politician, excuse me, in the Czech Republic. That was an error I made while I was recording it just to have this, the screen still showing that. I still stand by everything that I said there and the end of the day, that woman, she spoke at one of these events. She took the money. I'm not sorry that her name was stuck on that screen for the five minutes when I'm talking about all this. So sorry, lady. Deal with it. You take money from the devil. You get lumped in with him when people like me start calling you out. Thank you, everyone. Take care of yourselves. All right. Now, with today's massive order of business concluded, let's move on. To the real star of the show let's move on to mr tim porter tim is an og he was one of the first western second generation members of the unification church he was born in 1970 and we're going to talk about where he was born and where he grew up where he moved around to this will probably not shock you but there are many many different locations involved in the arc of his childhood and adolescence and adulthood where this gets really interesting is that Tim studied accounting in college. and His first job out of school was working for a church member-owned accounting firm that was conducting an audit of the Holy Spirit Association for the Unification of World Christianity. If you don't know what that is, that is yet another name for this fucking cult. One of their front groups... One point, it was kind of like the meta front group above all of them. Who the fuck knows? But yeah, that was another name that they hid behind. And Tim was present for an audit of it. And we actually don't quite get to that in this. That comes in part two. This is like the foundation. And this has some really interesting knowledge about the so called true family. There are some golden nuggets. In here about the psychopathic moon family, because Tim grew up around them, he hung out with them, some of them were the same age as him, so he saw the dysfunction in the moon family, the supposed true family, the people that we were all meant to emulate. He saw the dysfunction firsthand, and we talk a lot about that in this episode and I've kind of bounced around here with Tim's bio. I'll kind of round it all out by saying Tim now resides in Canada and works for an investment management company focused on infrastructure development. In Tim's words, he has many hobbies, but is not particularly good at any of them. I would beg to differ because Tim is actually the member of two bands, or sorry, the member of one band at the moment. His previous band broke up. So Tim was in a band called Dog Like Pig, Just comprised of former second-generation Moonies. They wrote some amazing music, and I'm going to play it at the very end of this episode. I'm going to play one of their songs. It's fucking amazing. It's going to come at the very end. Tim also has a band now called Sleeping Dreaming, and you should check them out. I'll link to them in the show notes. Here it goes, part one with Tim Porter. All right uh we are recording uh tim thank you for for joining i'm delighted to to have you here on the show um nice i guess yeah no worries no worries um i'm gonna ask you what i ask everyone can you just help us to kind of understand your your place in the in the in the mooney space-time continuum like where where you're born when you're born let's start off with that and then we'll, we'll we'll go from there
1: sure uh okay so i was born in um in Italy, uh, my dad is English. My first, my, my birth mother is Italian. Uh, they split up when I was two years old. Uh, dad got custody after a bitter custody battle. He stayed in the church. She left the church. That was part of the reason for the split. Okay. No, um, she was 19. I mean, she was like really young.
0: Yeah. So, wow. Okay. How old was your dad?
1: Uh, she,
0: huh? How old was your dad?
1: He was probably like 27, 28.
0: Okay. And had I they mean, went- both?
1: they're both freaking kids they're, I mean, they're, they're both
0: young yeah yeah, yeah yeah and had they met like within the church were they matched within the church or they were matched within the church yes okay
1: so they were part of what i think it's the 43 plus couples so one before the 777
0: okay all right
1: uh so it's where like uh, there's a bunch of um older uh i think it's the first western blessing
0: yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like I, that's not one that I hear about much. I feel like there's like the 36 couple was I think that was like a bunch of Korean yeah. people, I think. And then I heard of 777 as this big one, but 43. This is like almost the first time that I'm hearing about this.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it, it was sort of like the uh, the 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 foreplay before the main event. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, like the opening act, you know, <laughs> before the before the real band comes yeah. on. you know? I don't know. Anyway, there was only forty-three of them. There were most actually. There's some Japanese too, but I think it was mostly Westerners and and like a couple of Japanese. So it was like the first non-Korean blessing. Got it. Okay. They were all very proud of themselves.
0: I bet. I bet it was a badge of honor, right? Oh yeah. And what? what year was that it's funny like i don't have any conception before so my parents were 1800 1975 i know when that happened but anything before then i just know they happened but i don't know exactly when so when when did 43 couples happen
1: 1969 okay i don't know if it was the summer of 69 but it was in All 1959
0: right. okay okay uh yeah that is not something that i that i knew um and then when were you born if i can ask
1: 1970
0: 1970 okay This is, so, you know, what's really cool is like, I'm just, I'm glad we're having this conversation. So that's, that's like 11 years older than me. And I've, I've interviewed people who are like, you know, over 10 years younger than me. Uh, And I know there's some people who are like younger than me that are talking to other people that are younger than them. Uh, And uh, it's just, it's awesome for me, I always wanted this to be a way for like people of my generation to share stuff with people that are coming up now. Uh, And it's awesome to see that going the other way now, like, like going, going to someone who's from a a decade earlier, basically, because, uh, yeah, I mean, if we had, if we had been talking when I was like 18 or something, like, who knows that would have like, my life could have changed dramatically, you know, but no one was, no one was having these conversations at that point. Right. Just cause.
1: Yeah. But I don't know. I don't (laughs) know. I'm not sure anybody listens to anybody anyway. <laughs>
0: correct. Correct.
1: Yeah. <laughs> people just want to talk. They want to hear themselves talk. They don't really want to listen.
0: I Until you start realizing like the, the walls of reality are crumbling around you. And, right. and then, and then you're like, oh, okay, maybe I might want to listen to someone, yeah. uh, but you need something to get you to that point. And, and then all of a sudden you're willing, you're willing to listen basically.
1: But, yeah. I think there's like, like advertising people say that there's three nodes of contact. So you've got to hear it, see it. And then like, I don't know, something like that. So mm. it's like, if you see the advertisement on TV and then you hear it from a friend and then you hear it in the media and like, uh, or read about it or something like that, that's when you'll make this, the, mm. the buy decision. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's, I, I don't think it's any different making a life decision than somebody out there trying to, you know, peddle a sandwich or whatever dumb shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> the human mind still, is is what it is. It still
0: runs through the same pathways. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, all right. You were born, born in Italy uh, and then you said Italy, right? I got, I, I didn't yes. make that up. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and then what was your childhood like? Like, Where did you, where did you spend your your time? And I feel like you probably kind of must have settled somewhere and we can talk about that, but I'm kind of in, interested in like what, what no. of your childhood was
1: like. It, it was, it was uh, um, not like that at all. It was basically, okay. um, we moved every, um, so during during the custody battle, I guess there was a year or two where I was living with my mother, who was in different parts of Italy uh then uh I was with my father uh who was also in Italy but then moved to Switzerland for a while so that was happening for a while. Then when he finally started to have more leverage in in that at about age maybe five or six uh I was sent over to England with my sister, where we lived with my grandmother, um, a very proper English lady. Okay. Um, Do you know where in England?
0: Uh,
1: this area outside of London in Suffolk County—not no, okay. Suffolk County—that's American version, but it's yeah. Suffolk. Suffolk, yeah. Uh, so it's near Ipswich, but it's called Woodbridge, a little town. Like okay. A little, now it's like a little cute touristy town. Um, you know, at the town it was, at the time, I think it was just. A, little town yeah
0: yeah yeah. yeah. okay okay all right it's not that close I'm just wondering like it would have been bizarre if it was like near near where I am but it's not not exactly but I yeah I I can at least London is
1: gigantic and it takes like an hour to get you know anywhere so it does
0: yeah yeah yeah, it's massive it's massive
1: um so 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 I was there for a few years uh till about age (laughs) seven I guess then uh dad was appointed the leader of Canada um and so we moved to Canada Uh, where i lived till i was 12 12 or 13 right and then we moved to alabama Oof, i know (laughs) dude you want to hear something crazy (laughs) so like when i went when i started school in alabama i start i I, you know we we were in uh and I, i don't know if you know like uh the like
0: yeah i know that family yeah all
1: right so yeah. same town by okay. battery you know there's a whole bunch of us a whole okay. bunch of kids like yeah. there, and like you know and a lot of us went to the same schools um and and i remember like uh i don't remember what grade it was but <laughs> the teacher opens up this science book and i was like holy shit that's the same science book i had two fucking years ago in canada like that's like you know on one hand it was awful on the other hand it was great because like i I didn't do any work i just walked around and i still got straight a's it was great you know it was, like, it was just such a big difference in standards you know that said the social aspect was totally different i definitely did not do well in that respect
0: i bet it was
1: it was definitely different than like in canada nobody cared then nobody mm, knew what it was nobody really yeah, cared. Yeah, yeah um there they did because there was so many. People in that area that were, you know, associated yeah, with yeah. I feel
0: like that's the thing. If there's a certain once you get above a certain threshold of like numbers right. of families, then people people know, and it's not that many. It's like probably three four families. That's right. enough for people to to kind of think, hey, there's they something dog. there's something going on here. Yeah. 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 Can you t- can you tell us anything else about like your your upbringing there? So you you went to like normal public school. Yeah, that was like before the advent of all these like church you know cult cult schools right. at like the elementary level.
1: Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So you know for better or for worse, I think, you know, there was, there was, you know, I guess, compared to a lot of younger kids, um, my life was probably a little bit had a little bit more normalcy in school. Um, and then, you know, all the weird shit was at home. Mm. Um, whereas I think a lot of the younger folks had <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing but the weird shit, right. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. it, was, it was, I think that that probably makes it a lot harder. Um, where, where one could say it might've been a little harder for some of the early ones though, is in some of these communities where we were ostracized, that was, that was difficult. Um, socially it was difficult, Yeah. but that was only for, you know, the, you know, like Canada, I never felt that. And so it, you know, it didn't, that was never really an issue. It was really sort of an issue in that Alabama period. Mm. And then maybe also later on in high school and in, uh, when I was in New York as well. Okay. Um, but then once I got into college and stuff, it just, you know, none of that stuff. Yeah, yeah that's
0: when it starts to, starts to fall away. Um, so how old were you when you left at Alabama?
1: Uh, so then, I, th- then we went to Korea, or just my sister and okay. I went to Korea. And so I, I guess I, I, maybe like 14.
0: Okay, so that was for the GOP program over the, there.
1: Yeah, for the first GOP program. program.
0: You, you were the first, the, the first GOP kids.
1: There were wow. four, uh, there was five girls that were there a year earlier. And then the first official GOT program was us.
0: And how many were there in your, in your program?
1: I want to say 12, maybe 13, maybe 14, something like that.
0: Like, and that's like roughly split between boys and girls. Yeah. Roughly. Okay. Okay. And who, what, what even was the GOT program at that, at that point?
1: Uh, um, so it was basically, uh, we all lived in a house with, you know, a, a a, um, a Western caretaker. Um, I guess the Japanese also had their own house yeah. okay. that got integrated into one place later on. Um, and we went to the little angel school where we had special classes um, taught by Koreans. We had some Korean classes, but a lot of them were taught in English. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you do that for a year so like for a princess my wife she she went through that same program and then went after one year went into korean school and so a lot of them then went into korean school i I went back
0: okay so there's only one year uh one year and then straight into korean school correct okay because later on it evolved into two years and then into korean school
1: yeah that's because nobody learns korean you know (laughs) i mean look if you're surrounded by a bunch of english speakers and you know like the, the way I learned Korean is I, I ended up going back and I was living in a Korean home and went to like the local university. Oh wow. And everybody I knew was Korean. Yeah. You know, I, okay. I didn't really hang out with any Westerners except for a couple of them that were kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Okay. And then right. I learned Korean. <laughs> so that was like
0: later on in life, I assume, like around university time.
1: Uh no, it was one, it was one and a half, two years later.
0: Oh, okay. So you took like a year out of high school to do that?
1: Or? Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, basically, I kind of, um, like for a period, I, I, I became quite uh, religious. Okay. Um, and that was uh, that was sort of, I guess I was probably like 15 and a half, 16. All right. So like literally two years later, um, I felt like I was going way too far, you know, kind of away from what I had been taught was good. Mm -hmm. I was being, you know, naughty and, uh, you know, drinking and partying and stuff, even though I, I wasn't really drinking and partying because I was so fucking unpopular that it was just ridiculous. I was (laughs) just drinking, um, mostly by myself. Uh, Like looking back, it's like, I realized how ridiculous a lot of that shit that went through my head was, (laughs) but, but, (laughs) but, you know, that's, that, that was kind of the setup. And then, you know, the Moon family basically came to visit Alabama. And so I was sort of introduced to the to Hyojin and, and some of the others. And he said, listen, why don't you come up to New York? And so uh, did this sort of workshop and, and hung out with him and, and his crew and um, basically kind of joined that crew. And wow. that was. Uh, you know, I don't know, did that for maybe the summer And then uh, he said, listen, I want you to go back and learn Korean. And so I did. Well, wow.
0: Okay. So how, Wait. so what year would this have been? This would have been like sometime in the mid eighties.
1: Mid eighties. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Wow. Uh, And so, yeah, for the record, if anyone doesn't know, so Hyojin is uh, Moon's oldest, oldest legitimate son, I guess.
1: Um, oldest legitimate son right yeah. <laughs> i like the way you put that <laughs> well, that's, the truth. Yeah. that's
0: the truth that's the truth yeah um okay wow okay uh, uh so you knew him and he i don't know when he was born but was he like y- around your same age
1: no he's 10 years older than he was 10 years okay. 11 years older than him.
0: okay okay all right okay um but wow you were hanging out with him in the 80s in the new york yeah. area uh And then he asked you to go to Korea. Why did, like, or to learn Korean. Why why did he want you to learn Korean?
1: You know, um, I may have misspoke. It might not have been necessarily his idea. It might've been my idea. Um, I don't know. I guess, uh, I, I guess because all the conversations were going on in Korean and, you know, a lot of stuff had to be translated for me. I didn't really like yeah. that. So, so
0: was it like well, you like hanging out with him and what? Like maybe some of his brothers, but also some older like Korean Korean folks as well. So
1: not really so much as brothers. Um, yeah. None of the Moon family really got along with each other that well because they were all such assholes. Yeah. Um, but um, they uh, they all had their own respective groups of like, of friends. Yeah, and by the way, for those of you who are listening, it's friends in quotes. <laughs> um, if if there was one person who had like more sort of relationships, it was actually more Hyojin than anybody else. He was sort of like the, um, you ever read uh, The Brothers Karamazov? I haven't read it. Um, so he's he was basically a very, very troubled person um, who did a lot of really bad things, especially when he was on co- cocaine. Um, But at the end of the day, when the shit goes down, he would get your back. Hmm. He was a gangster at heart. So when Mm. you're in his group, you're part of a gang. And the psychology was very similar to what I've read about like gangs. It's very fear-based, super high control. Hmm. uh, But ultimately, it's a fear control mechanism. Um, Everybody's sort of terrified. um, But at the end of the day, you all there's a compact, right. You know, Mm. you will get each other's back. Right. Mm. That's never been the case with any other moon since him. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone will sell you, you know, they don't, you know, so, so, you know, I I view him. So uh, maybe it it sounds like I view him positively. I don't uh, at all. Mm. You know, he, he, he was a, a super troubled guy and, you know, the environment he created was, uh, I think in a lot of ways, it was just a reflection of what he knew, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, I think he'd kind of grown up, he knew the church, which was a little bit of a, had a little bit of that high control sort of gang kind of thing going on. And then growing up, he actually spent a lot of time with gangs for some reason, I don't know, because he was doing like uh, martial arts. He was very into martial arts, mm-hmm. very into sort of proving himself and fighting, he yeah. got into street fights all the time and stuff. Um, and so that's what he kind of built around mm-hmm. him. Uh, So the people who were around him uh, were mostly people who were either, you know, there were some first generations, actually, um, that might have been sort of music oriented type people. Um, And then a lot of the older Korean guys who sort of, uh, I don't think a lot of them necessarily loved (laughs) their role as his quote unquote Mm -hmm. friends, (laughs) but they kind of fell into it because again, you know, he didn't leave you a lot of choice. You know, Um, it was, it was pretty, you ever ever see, you, you know, Breaking Bad? Yeah. Um, I forgot the gangster. Uh, like the, the crazy one, the first gangster is it, he meets. Uh, is it Tuco? No. Tuco. Oh, I the- yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's sort yeah. of like Tuco. Yeah. Like you never know like what the fuck is going to happen next, you know, but unlike Tuco, like, and he might beat you to death, but if somebody else tries to beat you to death, he will beat them to death first. Mm. <laughs> like that's the kind of, so it's, it's, it's a bit of a head fuck. And like, you know, looking back, it's like, no, this is not healthy in any way, shape or form. Yeah. But, you know, I, I guess I, what I would say is that it, it is illustrative of how, like how street gangs work. Right. And so if mm. you, you know, so I kind of felt like I had kind of a firsthand view of like, you know, how, <laughs> how the ms-13s work or how the you know yeah. how the um you know the hell's angels or whatever you know i, yeah. I can understand that and it often it revolves around some sort of highly crazy sort of personality that will yeah. that will you know kind of create this vortex of fear yeah and that's what you're kind of sucked into
0: yeah yeah wow holy shit yeah uh, i don't think i've never really spoken to anyone who like was close to hyojin at any like at like at, at this at this level this is like a, a level deeper than i've ever gone with anyone talking about that guy or anyone in the moon family quite honestly most people oh. i've spoken to have been like uh like a couple steps removed but you you have a lot of well evidently have a lot of firsthand experience
1: right
0: with him um did you? Well, I kind of want to go back to this Korea thing, but I'm also really intrigued about about the whole Hyojin dynamic as well as like everything else that you saw. But but let's let's maybe come back. Like, so my assumption is you went to Korea, and then you came back, and then you hung out with Hyojin more when you when you came back. Is that? Uh,
1: I did um, for maybe like a year or so, okay. um, but by then, uh, so this was you know sort of three years later. Yeah. he had changed a lot and yeah. he had gone from being himself kind of trying to reform himself and be a better person to being basically a Coke addict. And, oh, wow. uh, and so I kind of saw that transition wow. and the more I kind of picked up that, I, you know, uh, the inconsistencies and stuff. And then finally I was like, you know what, I, I'm going to distance myself by finding a college that isn't here. And so that's how I started is by, uh, yeah, I'm going to college, man. I'll be back. I'm with you guys, but I got to go to college and, you know, sorry, but my college is in upstate New York. So I'm, you know, still driving distance. I'm still around, but, you know, and kind of gradually kind of pulled away and that gave me the distance to kind of come to some different conclusions on things.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I could see some people just kind of like staying in that orbit and then getting sucked into God knows what with it yeah wow did you i might I okay the audience is gonna have to forgive me if i've if i've if i'm covering ground that i've already covered here but i just i have to say like i remember this video so i grew up in the dc area and um i went to church every sunday and every sunday there was this um there was this like stand where they would sell like the the church magazines and and they would sell church videos like videos of you know the true family doing this or doing that or whatever and they would they would show videos there that were for sale and one video that they showed i i'll let I, like I, this is like tattooed in my brain is basically hyojin i didn't know it at the time but he was just coked up out of his mind in the Belvedere estate, just like f- screaming at people, like yeah. ranting incoherently. Frothing uh, at the mouth. Yeah.
1: I <laughs> always love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like literal froth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just staring at people with this really crazy, crazy stare. Uh, and at the time, it to me, it just shocks me that, that you know, parents would just show that to their kids and say like, hey, he, you know, he's the son of the Messiah. He's very spiritually open, et cetera, et cetera. Now I look back and I'm like, this guy, like he's definitely, definitely high and definitely mentally unstable and should not be seen as a role model for kids. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I, that's like my, my overarching memory of, of that guy is, is that speech, which is just like playing all the time in the, in the DC church.
1: You know, one of the narratives through, I think a lot of, um, a lot of the previous interviews you've done is sort of parental culpability and how parents should have had, you know, uh, how adults who have lived a while and should have some reasonable experience in, in the various types of human beings should have had like a, a better reaction. Um, you know, it, it, in my case, I, I literally left home when I was 15 and never went back. And oh, so wow. they weren't around at all. Uh, okay. There was, you know, they were in Alabama and then they went to Germany and stuff and I'd see them every, you know, twice a year. Uh, wow okay so um
0: so so what was your living situation then so part of that was like in korea but then like i got my assumption is you, you came back and finished high school in the u.s before going to college right. so where were you living at that
1: point uh in irvington irvington new york which is where uh belvedere is and where yeah. uh um where the uh
0: it's like a center of Mooney life. It's uh, well, yeah. it, it was, it was at one point. It's, it's where like the moon family lives there, and they have a bunch of. Can even that.
1: remember the name of the place where they lived? What was what's the name of the place? The the uh, their estate. East, or just East Garden. East Garden. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they had all these other gardens. West. Yeah, my dad, yeah. My dad actually bought South Gardens.
0: I don't uh, even know there was a South Garden, but it doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Wait, is South Garden in in the same town? Or uh, like, no, no, was,
1: he 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 bought a house in Alabama. Which was, you know, some house in Alabama. Yeah. And he called it South Garden, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and it was it was a place for whatever the Moons came to visit. They'd yep. they'd be there. Yep. And yep. apparently they did come to visit and they stayed there. And Mrs. Moon was was pretty unhappy because <laughs> because I guess they all thought I don't know. I guess there was some big miscommunication and, and nobody had actually. Nobody had changed the sheets or anything like that or done like basic <laughs> shit because nobody was sure who was gonna do that, right? Because it was such a holy thing, it was so intimate. Like oh so, yeah,
0: like could are you even allowed to?
1: Right. And so yeah. I guess that order, you know, that whoever was giving the order, like somehow when it got down to the minions, you know, it never got done. And so, <laughs> oh man, I love shit like that. <laughs>
0: Uh, I love the idea of a hot Jahan just losing her losing her shit over oh, yeah. uh, dirty sheets or something like that oh,
1: i I actually had a good chuckle over her even then you know, <laughs> <I> know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay well, yeah. I was
1: pissed when 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 he bought that house and like you know it, this thing was just decked out. There was a fucking you know beautiful pool table in there, and all this. And meanwhile, like half the members are living in a in, in in trailer homes. Yeah. And in, you know, I mean, look, our living situation, you know, because he was a leader, was better than that, but it yeah. still some little shitty house in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And um yeah, and I was kind of like myth by the whole thing, and, and so that's actually when I, w- I I talked him into um into into actually sharing our house <laughs> okay. so our house became the house of two families as opposed to just one family okay because I, I don't know like they, they had such a ridiculous hierarchy i think he just wanted to be a korean you know and the yeah well, love the hierarchy and love to lord it over you know their minions and shit and yeah so, big
0: time well i mean the whole church is built on that on that hierarchy and if you're not korean then by definition you're you're lower than the koreans and
1: if it's, you're already- I think it's, it, it, it's also generational. So if you think yeah. about like, you know, uh, these people all came out of, sorry, I'm just opening windows. It's kind yeah. no of, here. Um, you know, these people all came out of like a World War II era where like military, the military as an institution is like the only thing that you, you know, that they could believe in, that they could yeah. trust in, you know, it was like, it was their bedrock, their touchstone. Mm. And so I think in a lot of ways, they try to emulate that, you know, if you think about the holy song we're marching on him, yeah. it was all, you know there's all this yeah. sort of military imagery and stuff, so I don't know,
0: yeah, yeah, no there's a lot of that hierarchy i mean that's a whole like i we could do a whole show on that on the whole like the the various the various types of hierarchy within within the organization and and how they manifest, and there's yeah there's like a million different axes that they that 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 it all orbits around like there's there's right. like uh, like race. Gender is a big one. Uh, like lineage. Like, what you know? When when did you get blessed? Like, what have you done for the church? Um, all, all kinds of shit. Um. Yeah, that, and, that's... And,
1: and just so everybody knows, if you're an American woman, that's the bottom.
0: I I would say a, a American black woman is probably is probably the the the, the lowest. He I, didn't I think. specify. I didn't... He Are just think... said okay. American woman. Okay. <laughs>
1: over and over both Moon did he say that kids man they fucking just went to town on american women it was always American. oh and and, and gay people too they really yeah. hated gay people. yeah yeah but that was mostly hyojin he really hated gay people okay he was i don't know if he was like closet something like something was going on because it was just yeah. not
0: like interesting live, okay you know? okay yeah yeah interesting well i'm sure he, he picked up on us from his dad but yeah who knows maybe something else is happening there yeah wow um so who were you living with in Irvington?
1: Uh, a member, um, you know, okay. a, a guy so went... who had a, yeah, I was, I had a room in his place in his apartment. Okay. okay. And, uh, you know, he was very nice and let me stay there. And, okay. uh, you know, I paid him some rent. And, okay. Uh,
0: so you could go to school there in Irvington.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so then basically I... my parents gave me some money so I could give him some rent and, yeah. some, okay. and some food money and, okay. and, and okay. go to school there.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that does that does uh, it does tie into as you stated one of the big the big themes that's coming out of these interviews is um, just where were the parents, <laughs> just, right? Like what? So what? Let me ask you this: What were your parents doing for those couple years? I, what you know while you were in in living at this guy's house and everything going to school?
1: Uh, so by then, Dad had been forced out of Alabama. For selling, uh, a, selling some assets in order to keep the whole thing afloat. You're never allowed to sell assets. And so he did that. And if he, it, it, according to him, if he hadn't done that, the whole thing would have gone bankrupt uh, because <laughs> none of the businesses were making any money. Um, so he had to sell assets. He didn't he sold assets, Moon found out, fired them. And then, you know, in a moment of, oh, maybe I've gone too far was like here take this job in in germany uh so then he was basically relegated to a so he went from being kind of a leader to being you know this sort of advisor in in a a, um, machine tool plant in germany but basically his church hierarchy ascension career (laughs) was was ended at
0: that point so wait so let me just ask okay so just to be okay so when you say that he wasn't supposed to sell anything, like you're not talking—that's not like you're not talking le- legally or or anything like that. You're just talking within 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 the, within the the org itself. He he kind of overextended himself by deciding to to sell something to help keep things afloat.
1: Uh, that's the impression I get. Yeah. Um, although you know he was supposed to be CEO of that business, so it should have been a decision that I mean somebody had to yeah. make that decision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. But I think also what was going on is that, you know, um he was a Westerner. He didn't speak to Korean. Yeah. There was a Korean guy already in Alabama at the time who yeah. was trying to make a, a bit of a play. Yeah. Um and I, I suspect that there was some sort of backdoor dynamics that I got bet. him ousted as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time, big time. I mean, I feel like that happens all the time. If you're not Korean, Right. you kind of like know what I put it this way. I bet if your dad was Korean and you made that decision, the, the fallout would have been a lot worse. Or sorry, sorry, I've sorry. Seen, sorry, no, sorry just, what, what, far been far worse decisions hearing, made sorry, by sorry, other Koreans Yeah, though, where there's no fallout at all. Where there's no fallout, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. They just they, they get a pass on, on pretty much everything because right. they're because they're Korean, because that's embedded in the racial the racial hierarchy in the church.
1: Well, I think it's 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 more than that. I it's more like a cultural ability to to um <laughs> The image of of the Lord of the Rings Schmeagle character, just mm. you know, like debase yourself in front of the master and <laughs> you know, and like and 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 do this elaborate, you know, apology and stuff. It's yeah. like it's very cultural. Yeah. And like they are capable of doing that. Yeah. And it's perfectly normal. And I think a, a Westerner just is like, They're what just do you mean? Like, that, dude, <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. I hadn't done that, you know, I uh, you would be, be bust. There's no yeah. apology, right? And yeah. and and that's what gets you fired. Yeah. Is because yeah, exactly. you didn't show the right so i i think it's a little less this sort of machiavellian you know like organized it was i think it's as much sort of just culture clash right mm, yeah. and maybe if he had spent you know years in korea understanding the way of the the way of the sort of korean shogun to you know yeah. to uh
0: to appease the master
1: yeah exactly you know and uh, to, to suck a mean cock you know yeah. i guess he didn't do enough of that
0: uh, yeah 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 uh no that's great
1: that's the word i was looking for. yeah there you go Prostrate yeah. oneself in front of <laughs> one's leader you know yeah
0: yeah, yeah. um so what happened so you said he he went to work at a machine tool company in germany was that yeah. that that was a church run company in germany yeah, yeah. i didn't even know they had a what, like what what was, can you tell us more about that I, I didn't know anything about that that business so
1: I don't know that much about what they built i think it was i think it was machine tools for like tongil so uh and what's Tongil? to the extent that tongil had like um they were building like they among other things um machines for uh uh for like so they owned like McCall for instance which is a soft uh, sorry a, a soft drink company right yeah. They also owned the company that made the machines that did all the the, uh, the bottling and the okay. you know all that sort of stuff Got right Those, okay. Um, okay, I, 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 I think uh, Heiligenstadt was a machine a company that built machines like that, okay industrial machines. okay. Um, I might be wrong, but that's all what right. I think that they were doing. It's just process engineering, that sort of thing
0: okay. Okay, interesting. I had no idea. I mean, I know, I know the Moon Empire is like you know vast and you know completely opaque. So this is just another another piece that I wasn't aware of.
1: It's I, it's another piece that you weren't aware of that that never made any money. <laughs> and there and and so like you know, there's a lot of those pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The reason that the church, that the moons have uh, made a lot of money is because of real estate holdings becoming okay. more valuable in, in Korea, uh, in, in New York, and in other mm. places where they basically took assets that were church assets and put them in their own names. And these are real estate assets and real estate has gone up in value. Mm. Their businesses were one disaster after another. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's something, I mean, that comes, that's a topic that comes up. I mean, also, also funded, funded by, you know, labor trafficking all, all, you know, all all around the world. uh, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Of many types.
1: Yeah. Um, Bamboozling old uh, Japanese women into spending $50,000 on a pagoda that's supposed to represent some sort of ancestral worship bullshit yeah
0: that's the other way they did it yeah a lot yeah either yeah either that or but that's interesting on, on the real estate front I had never I had never really considered that but you do make a good point I mean you think about certainly I mean if I just just think about like like the places that I came in contact in my childhood or just like throughout my illustrious church church career um there's uh where uh I mean there's the New Yorker Hotel, which they bought in like the seventies i'm sure that's gone up in value tremendously um, the i mean
1: it's it's worth uh, i don't remember what they paid for it, but i I, I think it was like under ten million dollars or something like that yeah. Um that building's probably worth you know half a billion yeah,
0: yeah I was going to say it's got to be in the hundreds of millions that, yeah. Th- that building yeah. Um, yeah the um the the washington times building in um in dc like it's it used to be just this kind of like derelict like warehouse space basically and then they 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 bought it fixed it up um put like a fucking ballroom and like marble staircases and shit in there um uh this is a question like i want someone to answer me this is there any other newspaper in the world that has a ballroom and like marble staircases and and shit like that in there because i i don't really think it's necessary for for a newspaper to operate um
1: i'm gonna agree with you on that i don't think it's necessary (laughs) either (laughs) i mean unless you want the reporters to have a nice place to do their weekly balls
0: yeah exactly but here's the thing like you know you, you watch you know that film um uh spotlight where they they yeah. show like like the inside of like the washington post newsroom or maybe like right. the boston globe or whatever <laughs> like that those newsrooms look nothing like you know marble <laughs> marble staircases and shit um so yeah they've they've done that but, um that's a bit i'm sure i'm sure that like the value of that has gone up tremendously but that's just two places that i'm kind of like familiar with also that the washington dc church i'm sure has gone up tremendously in value i don't know who would want to buy it now it's kind of in, in disrepair but like doesn't like you buy any building in DC in the, in the, the early eighties, it's going to be, it's going to be worth, you know, many times more these days as in like pretty much anywhere else. Right. Yeah.
1: That's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, exactly. In, in Asia, there's a lot more buildings, a lot of more commercial buildings. So they have, mm. uh, they have like the, I think it's, a, I think it's one of the latte buildings, one of the buildings called the latte building oh, it's, wow. it's by the church. Okay. Um, they're, you know, so it's, it's, it's a, a lot of, a lot of big real estate, um, holdings um and you know uh a lot of them were bought at times when there was a crisis and they were able to get stuff cheap so yeah whoever made that those decisions was was not a complete idiot but Mm. um you know the fact that it got transferred from a you know charitable something that was supposed to be for a charitable good to uh you know into uh the wealth of an individual family that's obviously not not
0: okay yeah yeah exactly exactly um so i'm actually want i go I, I know you have a lot of insight into this this like all the finances and stuff i kind of i i want to i want to dive into that but i also just want to sort of bookend like your, if possible your experience um in you know kind of growing up going to high school um university like your experiences with with the moon family and i know you mentioned you'd kind of like you were exposed to some some other members of the Moon family. Um, so I just want to give a bit of space for that. And then maybe we, we can come back to the, to the financial stuff.
1: Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I went to college with Hyunjin uh, um, for, I guess one year uh, at Fordham.
0: Okay. And um, this is, this is the H1 Hyunjin. H1. H1. Yeah. H1. Okay. Okay. All right he's the one. Yeah. Okay. I can picture him in my, in my, oh, he goes by Preston. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He goes by Preston. Uh, he was one of the ones involved in the big lawsuit recently. Yeah. Uh, and I think David- he has all the money, he has all the assets. Yeah.
1: He, he basically, um, forced out, he basically just went into a lot of church businesses. Like here, you're going to say, you're going to, you're going to sign all this over to me now mm. or else. And it worked. Yeah. It's crazy, but that's, wow. that's what he okay. did. <laughs> okay. Like fucking gangster shit. That's like really... A psychopath.
0: Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I mean, we, I can link to videos. of this. There are videos of this guy like beating people at church services. Uh, uh, okay, so people, the thing beating is that, people unlike, shit like that
1: unlike Hyojin, who would beat people because he was angry and off his mind on drugs, what's terrifying about Hyunjin is he does it with no emotion.
0: Mm, yeah 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 yeah. i agree i'm telling you it's a real
1: deal he's like a, yeah. a t- he's the real deal he's like a yeah. psychopath like yeah no emotion he's just like trying to figure out like what is it that's gonna get what i want mm. you know and is it this is it this is it, there's no emotion there's no anger there's no yeah. nothing. it's yeah it, that to me was like far more terrifying <laughs> i agree
0: I, I i agree like like you know you're looking at someone like like hyojin you can see it just in the way in the but you compare those two like you know, um, I mean, speaking of like film references, like he uh, Hyunjin reminds me of um, in No Country for Old Men. You know, the, yeah. the killer, the killer in that film, just Anton like Anton Yeah, she, just single-mindedly, like not like yeah. you know, showing no emotion and just going in and doing what needs to be done for to to you know to, to further his aims, basically. Right. Whereas like like you would never Hy- Hyojin would not be that guy. Hyojin would be the guy like. You know, he's not a silent assassin. He's the guy who who, who roll up, you know, drunk on a Harley, yeah, and, you know, and, try and pick a fight park. with you, you know. Right. Um, whereas, yeah, Hyunjin is is the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you went to you went to university with that guy. Yeah. How, what was that like?
1: <laughs> so we had so I'll, I'll tell you this story. So we we had one class together. So I'd see him on campus every now and then, yeah. and I'd have to have lunch with him and you know like listen to him talk and yeah. stuff. We had one class together. Um, and it was, uh, it was like a religious history or religious mysticism, some religion oriented class. I don't even remember what it was, what, what the uh, title was. And, um, it was when I, when I learned that, (laughs) that he didn't write any of his own papers. (laughs) (laughs) So he got A's because he had people like, I don't know, the the guys who ran Kauza. Yeah. They were, they wrote all his papers for him um and like there was there was one um one particular i don't know um essay that we had to write, and the teacher really liked my essay, and I got like an a plus well, plus on his cool. essay that was written by some some employee at the new york times sorry at the <laughs> washington times you know, like a professional writer. You know, like, <laughs> It it got it like an A minus or a B plus or something. Yeah, he was fucking fuming mad about it. You know, he was like really like like you could see it. Just like he was really like some shit was like heads were gonna roll. And you know, he didn't want to talk to me. Didn't want to like it was. It was one of the few times I saw like emotion. You know, it's like I I think that's like a common thing where like psychopaths they tend to have like anger as their only emotion, right? Yeah. Um. and, And and like I don't know that that so he was, uh, he was not very happy with me for that. Um, he found a way to turn it into some spiritual thing that I'd done wrong.
0: Of course. Um, of course.
1: But, you know, I, <laughs> I was already kind of, by that point, like, eh, you know, you might be a bit of a fraud. <laughs> 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 I was already thinking about, you know, how I was going to get out of there and go okay. to a different school and stuff. And.
0: Okay. So were you, you were only there for a year and then, and then you. Yeah, I was someplace. only there for a year. Right.
1: Uh, um, and then I, moved up north and went to uh school in in near buffalo um you know partly it's because i didn't have any money and living in new york city is very expensive and uh fordham's tuition was like an incomprehensible thirteen thousand dollars a year then Mm. now it's like eighty thousand i don't know now it's like the numbers are so ridiculous that like But like back then, I you know I was like I can't afford this. This is crazy. What am I doing? I'm just racking up all this debt. Yeah. Meanwhile, I could go to state school and I'll be able to pay off the debt, you know, immediately. blah, blah, blah. Uh, So I, I just yeah. went to you know state school. Yeah. So, okay. You know.
0: And then that must have gotten you away from the whole like nexus right. of the Moon family, right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: But but that didn't make me you know so I I went there with full intentions of still being. You know, highly committed and you know, still did pledge, much to the surprise of my my roommate.
0: Oh, you did pledge on your own. You woke up. up yeah, fire. man.
1: I mean, oh look, I, I only did it for like I only did it for like uh like the first two months or so before before my roommate was just like, bro. And the best part is my roommate was a um, he was a returning student. So he was like 23, 24. And he was like a a radio DJ. He was like, he'd already established himself and was like an actual working DJ, but he just wanted to finish his degree. Yeah. So he came back to school. He immediately joined like the worst fraternity on (laughs) like a fraternity that fraternities wouldn't consider a fraternity because it was nothing but debauchery. Right. It was literally called the pigs. (laughs) Anyway, he he was like the most popular guy in the pigs because he knew everything and knew, you know, and he was my roommate and so like literally, <laughs> literally this happened where where I was doing pledge and he was stumbling home completely drunk at 5 a.m. <laughs> on a Sunday morning. <laughs> and it was just like, uh, it was just such, you know, culture clash. But at the same time, you know, we, we got along pretty well. And, I, and I, I started loosening up a bit, you know, and, and kind of realizing that maybe I was just, I had my head too far up my own ass and, mm. you know, and, and was starting to, you know, kind of think about things. I'm not saying that he was like... The, and oh, the best part is he had long hair. So he literally looked just like Jesus. Maybe he was maybe he was the embodiment of
0: Jesus coming to Oh, okay. That's one I haven't heard. I've never heard of someone going to going to college and still saying Pledge. By the way, for those that don't that don't know, we've covered talked about on the show before, but Pledge is basically waking up at five in the morning on Sundays and uh reciting doing full bows to pictures of Reverend Moon and his family and cited, reciting certain number of words and praying. Uh, I think that's most, most of it. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah you got to wake up early to do it 5am. You got to
1: wake up early and, and your, your level of devoutness is measured by the length of your, the length and boringness of your prayer.
0: Yes, completely. So, yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah.
1: So if you're like in a group and you're trying to impress the rest of the group, you will make your prayer forty minutes long yeah. and unbelievably boring uh, and if anybody is fallen asleep, you know that they weren't faithful enough
0: exactly now, okay, so when you were on your own, what, what did that mean for the length of your prayers <laughs> You know God was watching right
1: right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, what else has God got to do at five in the morning besides come home drunk from a fucking bar, right? <laughs> Watch a bunch of idiots bow to a picture. Jesus.
0: Oh, Christ. I know. Right. I know. Right. Oh, man. Um, I mean,
1: That's why when I look back, I, it's like I I, I kind of, you know, yeah, I'm like, I, I, I think I'm not really I don't I don't feel like a lot of anger. I just feel like a lot of like, what the fuck and yeah. but but then i i read like so much of other history of humans in general and i i just i like our species is just fucking nuts mm-hmm. and and you think about what goes on even today it's you know like i would love to say that our experience is something you know profound and worth something it's not We're it's just, not
0: it's so not it's so it's not, not it's not yeah. it's not and it's just the, the, the only thing is. Of, the only thing it's worth is, is a cautionary tale to, so yeah, that yeah. hopefully other people don't have to do this shit in the future that's it exactly that's it.
1: the problem is, the problem is think about all the cautionary tales out there and like I know how right <laughs> you ever listen to them yeah, you know, I know like, exactly so exactly yeah.
0: but yeah that's that's the only place that I have in the grand scheme of anything. The only value to all the bullshit all the stupid shit that you and I did is to maybe <laughs> like hopefully someone else won't do that shit That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god but it is it's kind of depressing to think about that just all the it is, it is know, all definitely the depressing. all the wasted effort and all the like yeah all, i don't know all, all the wasted effort all the all the awkward moments like
1: all, all the what could have been right yeah if all that investment had gone into you know making people like the best you as opposed yeah, to exactly you know, exactly turning you into some beehive node that just worships you know yeah it's like,
0: exactly Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's I think that's it. For me, it's not like I don't necessarily I don't feel like I I mean, I know I missed out on a lot, but for me, like the biggest regret is 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 not any one thing in particular, but it's just that all that like wasted effort going going into nothing, basically. Right versus if I put harness all that energy and put it into something actually meaningful, even if it was only meaningful to me and no one else. Right. Like, that would actually be more valuable than whatever, than all the effort that went into to this sack of shit, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. but wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't my choice. So yeah. And it wasn't your choice either. So yeah. But yeah, I think that's, that's the saddest part. Um, what do you, okay. I want to, I want to, I want to make sure we cut, we got a lot of ground to cover here. So, um, when, so it sounds like that's when you were kind of starting to fade out from the church, or starting to like like the the things were starting to crumble a little bit. As it kind of sounds like so. Uh,
1: yeah. So it started with a fade out from the Moon Kids, and okay. just a lot of questions about you know the quality of this. <laughs> true family
0: yeah and those are the air quotes again by the way the, the true family so, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: quote unquote true <laughs> family yeah. so you know for those of you who don't know a true family is true because they are born without sin we were supposed to be born without sin but we weren't really born without sin. yeah not, they not like really that not
0: like sin. them yeah
1: they were there was a tier to this sin borning thing yeah and they were top tier they were the the new adam and eve they were the you know, so their their descendants were going to populate the world, and you know, we our our troglodyte subspecies would eventually die <laughs> out, <would, up>, presumably. <laughs> um, the,
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, the I'm, just, I'm the, just wrapping my head around that. I think our we were meant to like worship them, them as them and their descendants as leaders. I think, effectively.
1: Yeah i I don't know if that was really their plan.
0: Okay, all right.
1: I think the real plan was that you know, Moon was eventually going to you know impregnate every woman on the planet or one of his kids would and Uh, that's possible yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. graft them onto the lineage
1: exactly yeah um which (laughs) which is just such a ridiculous idea and it's so rooted in such complete asinine bullshit i know of anybody anybody who's had a fucking dog knows that you can't control shit uh, and if you've had a kid, you really know you can't control, yeah. you can raise them as you have no fucking idea what's going to happen or yeah. what they're going to be like. Right. Yeah. And so to think that just because they're related to you, they're, they're all going to be like some, they're, they're going to, they're going to take your divine essence. They're going to take what makes you special and be that. No, they're not. Mm. <laughs> it's still yeah. random. It's still yeah. totally random. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still just going to be whatever they are. and They might be great. And they might suck. Yeah. Uh, Julius Caesar probably had kids and his kids didn't become Julius Caesar Uh, you know
0: yeah the amount of hubris in that of like just these kids are going to be they're going to they're going to change the world just because they're my kids like fuck fuck that like how I don't know how arrogant do you have to be to think that that's crazy
1: you know you know what what got me really thinking about this was was I I was reading this this book about um about Genghis Khan Mm. and so Genghis Khan was you know was a uh like a a um, you know, a, a real like military visionary, right? And you know, and, and conquered a whole bunch of, you know, sort of the, the middle part of, of what's now China and and Mongolia and, and you know parts of Iran and um, his son married a woman named Sorgoghtani. Okay. And she was kind of an outsider, and it was her four sons. That actually built the empire that we know as the Mongolian Empire. Okay, one of them was Kublai Khan. Yeah, one of them was anyway. One of them took over all of Russia. One of them took over all of the Middle East, like all of it. You know, just like these. There were four sons, and they were all fucking complete badasses, right? Mm -hmm. She was. She ended up basically controlling all the finances and ended ended up like effectively kind of running the empire Uh, while Genghis Khan was still alive, right? And it's like the it, it, it it's like, you know, his son was not particular was nobody right. His other sons were all nobodies. Yeah. His other you know the, all the other descendants were nobodies. But the descendants of this one woman were like you know changed everything. Yeah, right? interesting. And so you know it, it is it's it's you know when and so that that that's what got me thinking about it. It's like. That's all happenstance. If she hadn't mm. been around, nobody would have heard of the the Mongolian Empire. Yeah, like it would have just been a one a, a one warlord that yeah. became quite successful, and then yeah. that would have been it, right? Yeah. it wouldn't have been you know sort of bigger than the Roman Empire, right? Yeah. And I'm 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 you know I, I know I'm sounding like like I think this is all wonderful and stuff. I'm not. There's no value judgment here. I'm just saying that you know mm. that one's success, whether good or bad, doesn't necessarily. Anyway, just the Hubert. Back to the Hubert's yeah. point of like you know descendancy and stuff it's just it, it was just kind of interesting to me that the, like the only reason we've ever heard of of the mongolian empire was because of her actually
0: yeah interesting interesting the, the i had no idea that woman
1: whatever yeah. she did i don't know anything about her but like nobody knows because they never wrote anything down yeah but um she must have been fucking extraordinary yeah know? that's incredible
0: yeah I, I i had no idea i i just i just learned something learned something new there because yeah i had no idea but yeah it's, it's exactly right like just the amount of hubris of like my kids will change the world fuck all, all right that, man. that's i <laughs> yeah so much so that i need to have i need to have them with as many women as possible by the by the way right, um, right. it's crazy um yeah so what can can you tell us more well yeah can you tell us more about like kind of how you ended up or like like when and how you decided to to leave
1: um so the actual decision um it, I would say it was actually more of an intellectual decision than anything okay. else. Yeah. Uh so I was already kind of uh a little wary and very cogniz- cognizant of some very, very big flaws in the moon family. Yeah. Um, because of the sort of the, the first hand experience. And then I don't know, one day I was just like thinking about kind of the way nature works and the fact that it's a competitive system, that all this natural beauty—sorry, I'm like—I'm looking out my window here, mm. and it's trees and everything's beautiful, the sun's mm. shining, and it's beautiful. Except it's a fucking war zone. That's all it really is. It's like all these mm. creatures, you know, trying to grab on for their 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 little life space, right? You mm. know, so they can do one or two things. They can keep living and then self-replicate. It's all. Mm. all living things that's what they want to do right that's what the, that's the difference between adamant uh inanimate and inanimate thing <laughs> right mm. um and and i was just like saying, like thinking about that and and then this whole idea of the fall mm. like give me a fucking break it just it just all hit me like there's no fucking way there was a fall we are exactly what we're supposed to be because this is what we've evolved as mm. we're not fallen humans are competitive species because everything on the planet is a competitive species. We kill each other because we compete. We compete for mates. We compete for real estate. We compete for scarce resources, you know, all the things that are, you know, sinful and you know, they're, they're kind of constructs, right? They're fictions that all came later, but the whole idea of the fall, um, just seemed increasingly ludicrous to me and if you don't have a fall what do you need a messiah for yeah well you don't need a messiah so if i don't need a messiah what do i need the moons for Mm. and then it just kind of and then i went back to like the timelines of the second chapter was it chapter two chapter three i don't remember which chapter And, and 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 like actually mapped out the timelines is like it's all wrong none of this is right <laughs> <laughs> which timelines
0: are we talking about because chapter two is about the fall of man right but so, yeah which, I, there's which one chapter that
1: i was it was the one chapter that i actually liked in the in, in the you know when i was like seven years old listening yeah. to my dad wank on about the yeah. divine principle there was the, the the parallels of history that was yeah, it. That yeah was that's the it one called. i thought that was it yeah, yeah yeah i loved it i thought it was just great i was like oh, oh yeah and then i just yeah. went back and actually i was like wait a minute these, fuck, these timelines don't match up. This isn't what actually, <laughs> like, this is all bullshit, right? And, oh. and also,
0: I just want to say for context, like this chapter in the Divine Principle, it's like, you know, Sun, Dan Moon's, uh, you know, a big treatise, basically. But like, he, he has a whole chapter that's basically dedicated to going through these so called parallels of, of human history and comparing one thing that happened in one, one era to something that happened in, in the other era. Basically, the whole thing is a setup for the final punchline, which is, <laughs> And this is right. why the Messiah had to had to be born in North Korea in 1920. Right, uh, that's what the whole the whole fucking setup right. is is for is for that moment at the end. Of I the forgot time. about that, but yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. It's, it's all building up, and they've got these fucking diagrams and like you know arrows and shit. Like, uh, dude, it's and, like... <laughs> and you know when
1: there's diagrams and arrows that it's got to be legit, right? Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly.
1: It's a flowchart. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's oh. I, it, it. Does um. You know it's hilarious. I, I like I've seen some other uh, other charts from uh, other like cult leaders, and it, it's hilarious how fucking identical they are. Like you just you just you can just Google like you could just Google like cult leader charts. Or I'm sure you could find it, but like look at the leaders of other faiths who have tried to do similar shit, right. and the charts are the fucking same. It's just it's like word salad with you know various diagrams and arrows and shit like that that like tr- tries to lend an air of legitimacy, but it's it's the same fucking nonsense basically yeah. that they all that they all employ but they try and kind of like convolute it and make it make it seem important through through giving it this like visual flowchart, basically
1: yeah man institutionalize it
0: yeah exactly exactly um can you so how old were you when you like decided to to that that, that you were done with this
1: so i guess i was probably 21 okay so and and by the way, by then I would already gotten blessed.
0: Okay. All right. So how old were you when, when you got blessed? Twenty. Okay. And was your was your wife chosen by Moon? Probably if it yes. at that point. Okay. 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 And you're still together, yeah? Yeah. Wow! Amazing. That's incredible. Well, I
1: mean, look. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a big mouth nerd she's smart has a job and is willing to sleep with me I mean I I'm
0: like, where am I gonna go you know <laughs>
1: like,
0: uh, that's an interesting take on it okay okay
1: <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm the one who locked out so
0: <laughs> Um. But no, I mean, look, you're still together, which means, it, like, it's you know, that's uh, that's an, that's an accomplishment. Um, so we also never
1: had kids. Okay, I, I know, I, I know that 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 like, I, I think not having kids. Uh, I think so. From what I've read, having kids puts a tremendous strain on a relationship. Oh, absolutely,
0: it happened to mine for sure. Yeah,
1: and 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 I, I think that that that's a lot of times when you like, I don't know, maybe if we'd had kids, maybe things would be different. I don't know. Yeah. We had a dog, yeah, and that was at times quite a strain as well it's like who's gonna walk the dog oh who's turns uh, it to pick up the shit you know it's yeah. like um but for the most part you know i i yeah i mean it's worked out pretty well
0: okay okay cool cool uh know that's good to hear congrats um Thanks. The but so I wanted to go back to a, a back to a few things. Okay, so you left when you were 21. I remember so when we were talking before, there's something I have this I have this like this like sheet of notes here. Um, and one thing is like is like screaming out to me that that, that, that I, that I want to go back to. Okay. It's the it's it's it, it's the Cook Jin road trip. Oh. Um, so, so can you can you tell us about that? Like when 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 was that?
1: All right, so Cook Jin is my age, and okay. so you know, I was supposed to be his quote unquote you know friend you know uh we weren't friends uh uh but you know we knew each other and um he wanted to do a road trip across America okay um so basically you drive to like Seattle go south and then kind of
0: Yes, yeah, so kind I of take like, the upper route, upper route through, through Seattle and go down and kind of like back on the... On the yeah, the so
1: Desert Southwest yeah. and then yeah. Disneyland and then North. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't remember uh, how long it was originally supposed to be, whether it was like a 20-day trip or what, um, but it was basically Cookjin, uh, one of the older Korean youngs, um, and myself. Okay. Um, and, um, uh, so four of us in a Jeep Cherokee, uh, the day we were okay. leaving, um, uh, Hyojin handed, handed, uh, handed Kuchin a wad of cash, like this big, <laughs> <you> know, like, <laughs> um, and, uh, off we went and, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really shitty, sh- shitty trip, man. <laughs> um, he is just—he was just such a dick, uh, you know. And it was—it was—it there were there were a lot of things, you know, that happened on that trip. Um, and it was like even the little things, like, just pissed me off. Like if somebody else was driving. Mm. And, you know, he would f- fall asleep. Then when he woke up, he'd be like, you know, trying to grab the wheel because, you know, obviously we're incompetent idiots and don't know how to fucking drive. Right. You know, it, it just like, it, like that waking up and trying to grab the wheel tells you that that's the psychology. Right. Yeah. It's um, interesting. So he, like really look down on us as just, you know, just worthless pieces of shit that he had to take along. Uh, and there's there one point. When, <laughs> so. So basically we were generally pretty cool by the end of the trip. Like he thought I was like, something was really wrong with me. (laughs) And it basically started with (laughs) when we were in, when we were, when we'd reached Wyoming and I was like, Hey man, we should go see devil's tower.
0: No, he had a problem with that because it was called He had a huge
1: problem with that. And it was like, to me, it was like, dude, this was in fucking, you know, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's like, it's an amazing thing. And he immediately read into it. Like, you want to see the devil's tower? You're fucking Satan worshiping piece of shit. Oh Oh, my God. And so that was like, that was the first. So for the rest of the trip, I was totally in Shit's Creek. And I remember, I, I remember just looking at me just like, you know like shut shut (laughs) shut up shut it down like you know because he he knew it was like the wrong thing to say and i i just i was uh, totally oblivious um and then you know from then on it just got worse and worse but you know we camped at one place and he he wanted us to you know like we did all the cooking we did all the cleaning we did everything
0: i bet he did fuck all
1: right he did fuck all
0: yeah
1: um and so we you know we had to put all the shit together and put it in the back of the truck and obviously we weren't doing it fast enough and he was in the truck you know beeping ready to go so i just like threw shit into the and it was a big garbage bag basically like a contractor bag mm. somehow i guess there must have been a hole in there or something um <laughs> so yeah you know, i throw it in and i still wasn't fast enough because like he had already started going and i opened the door he ran over my foot Fuck. you know and, yeah Jesus. and like fortunately like there was no damage because the 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 uh the ground was soft yeah but like you know i had a black you know my nail came off and stuff yeah. it was like Jesus. not not great so you know by that point now not only is is he pissed because he thinks i'm a devil worshiper but now i'm pissed right because mm. he fucking ran over my foot right we get to the to the um oh and we're staying at like various different uh um, church centers along the way.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so very yeah, it's even better. Yeah. So he gets, yeah. he gets an audience and he gets to braid. You know, oh, he would go and
0: give like a speech to everyone while he was kind there? of, it wasn't like yeah. ever
1: necessarily a coherent, you know, great yeah. speech. And a lot of times it okay. was just other BC families that we'd meet. Okay. It wasn't like a church service. If, okay. If, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah what you're okay. Imagining. It wasn't okay. Okay. like that. Okay. Um, but anyway, we get to this like hotel, and uh, motel right and you know we would start unloading shit and i guess i had thrown somehow there was some coffee that had then got through the garbage bag and mm. was you know got into the upholstery of the trunk of a jeep cherokee mm. a jeep cherokee which is a sport utility vehicle back then it really was a sport utility vehicle.
0: yeah a yeah. vehicle
1: made for roughing it right yeah so I was looking at it, I'm like, eh, whatever, you know, so uh, what, yeah. you know, it, yes, it was new, but so what? It's a fucking Jeep, you know? Yeah. He was so mad. And he just sat there and just like berated us for or mostly me, right. For, yeah. for literally an hour straight, just screaming at me. And like, all that was going through my head is I've got a credit card. I've got my fucking wallet. I can, oh, I can just, walk. just and I can so, walk
0: out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so like the moment it ended, I was like, I was out. Yeah. And, and they <laughs> oh, nice. like grabbed me and he was like dude you can't you can't you guys like talk me out of it like i was like i was out i was like ready to fucking go you yeah. know just get a cab and like hit, and go to a go to the i, I guess we were in Sa- seattle at this point yeah. so like, just go straight to the, the airport and, yeah like, he talked me out of it you know and like you know <laughs> talk me out of it and then you know so i tried to be better and tried to you know get along with them a bit better yeah. and, and so we we got along a little bit better. And then, and then in Disneyland, we finally go up. So by this point, by the way, the other part of the uh, thing that I didn't mention is like, he realizes that this trip is no fun. And I think nothing he does is fun because he's an asshole.
0: Yes. Oh, and by the way, I just want to give a little bit of context for people that don't know cook chin is the guy that owns the gun company. I think actually right. multiple gun companies and is like Works hand in hand with Sean Moon, who runs Rod of Iron Ministries, which is the crazy gun cult. Um, right. If you look up photos of Cook Chin, as he goes by Justin, he looks like the grumpiest motherfucker on, on, on the planet. Uh, just so, yeah, yeah, fucking grumpy, evil motherfucker is what, he's, so what he looks like. So here's the
1: psychological insight into him. He's paranoid. Okay. okay. And it, it, was, it, was, it was something I didn't really finally get until after this trip. Yeah. Where like I was just like, you know, at my wit's end and I wasn't sure like where to go with this guy, right? Yeah. And so, you know, one day, like we're uh, for some reason we're getting pizza, and I was like, I offered to pay for it. I was like, oh no, I'll get it. Don't worry about it, right? Yeah. And he was like blown away. Like huh. he couldn't believe it. It was just like like something had clicked. Like, I guess he was so psychologically geared towards everybody is a, a threat, everybody is an enemy that like when I offered to do that, it like blew his mind. Wow. Um, It was, and it like, I I didn't like, it blew, like his reaction blew my mind. I was like, Mm. holy fuck, this whole time, if I had just been like, you know, (laughs) like, trying to like be extra nice to him but like i could have avoided all this like fucking insanity if yeah. you bought a one pizza it was?
0: Wanted to change everything like i finally got <laughs> yeah.
1: what the crazy was with him you know and it's wow. it's paranoid he's it's like truly paranoid yeah um and so that's why the guns and all that shit because he you know he's like all he thinks about is like some you know killing people and being killed <laughs> mm. <laughs> like yeah. everybody's an enemy you know yeah fucking nuts But anyway, we got to, (laughs) I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just (laughs) telling you the funny shit. Um, No, we got to, um, we got to uh, uh, Disney world. So, uh, and, and, and the reason it's funny, I guess, is because this was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be a 20 day trip and it ended up being a 10 day trip where we basically, he just wanted to cut it short
0: Okay. uh, Yeah.
1: because he was sick of us. We were sick of him. um, And so we were just trying to get, skip back just well like, it's yeah. it, it's a typical moony thing where you're you're going through the motions just trying to you know yeah we brought a shit ton of people to the blessing they didn't know they were a blessing you know like yeah. that sort of thing right so yeah. we committed to doing a tour of the country so we're doing a tour of the country yeah even though we're not really stopping anywhere we yeah, not we're no just, one's
0: happy about what's happening at all exactly
1: yeah typical so yeah perfect you know in perfect yeah, it's, it's a
0: microcosm of everything the moonies do pretty much exactly
1: yeah Um, Except we had to stop at Disney World for some reason. Anyway, uh, (laughs) I was the cameraman. I had this like $4,000 camera that, you know, his brother had given him and it was very precious. And, you know, (laughs) I don't know why he gave it to me. You know, he already like (laughs) thought I was an asshole. Like, why didn't he give it to the fucking young? I don't know. But he gave it to me. And sure enough, like we get on a ride, and the first thing that happens is like I drop this fucking camera. <laughs> <laughs> and like, <laughs> it was almost like a Seinfeld moment, actually, because it's like he was in front with the young, and it was me and in the back, right? And you hear just like, and then like, and then just dead silence, right? And then he, he's like, "Was that my camera?" <laughs> i was just like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh man, that night I really got chewed out. Also,
0: oh man, what, was, what, so uh, was he just yelling at you for hours? Or
1: yeah, yeah, I would like the occasional smack around, but I don't know. You oh, didn't. It, it wasn't. It, it wasn't like it was more verbal abuse than anything else. The physical yeah. abuse was more. That was more Jojen's thing.
0: He liked yeah. him. Okay. He liked to kick ass. Okay. Wow, I just have this image because I, I can, I can, I like, I can visualize his face, and it's like literally like never smiled, uh, and I just, I just, I can just see him with that like stone cold like fucking you know gun, literal merchant of death gun 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 manufacturer stare, but like having that same stare in you know the '80s in Disney World basically. The, same. The, same fucking is, I, the,
1: the reason, the reason I re- remember it so well. Is because it was the moment that I, I was just like, I, I, I like, there was a part of me that was actually happy about it, that was giddy about it, that was like, <laughs> bring it. <laughs> it was just like, yep, that was yeah. your camera. <laughs> you know, like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I probably would have felt the same way. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that happened. I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that happened just to piss you off.
1: It was kind of the same thing with Hyojin. Like, that was the day that I finally, like, you know, was like, okay, I'm definitely Hey. Yeah,
0: I did cut it off right there because Tim's about to say some juicy stuff about another exalted... Theoretically perfect person, one Hyojin Moon. You're going to need to wait until next week to listen to that. Along with a lot of other juicy stuff that Tim has amazing insight into, including auditing the Unification Church, including the machine, the machine that they were building to try to speak with the spirit world, which coincidentally is something that John Gorenfeld was trying to to investigate from the outside and we have inside knowledge of that from Tim Tim was also there at some pivotal moments for the amazing blog How Well Do You Know Your Moon and we'll talk about all of that next week so you should stick around for that and as I said in the beginning of this Tim was in a band called Dog Like Pig they made some music about growing up in a cult I'm going to play one of their songs for you now. Just listen to this. I'm going to let the whole thing roll to close out the episode. There you go. Enjoy.
1: And the holiest of the positions Doggy, 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 rough, rough, woof, woof style Calm down, tiger Ow! Ooh! Ah. And since these fuckers have no imagination The fourth is the same as the first I'm gonna get you pregnant. I'm a missionary man, bro I was born With it came a flood of images, videos, I thought I was okay with four, I thought I was no whore.